Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Today we want to examine, I want to examine the service account. One of the greatest honor that there is in life is to serve. There is such a joy and serve. And it is a beautiful thing to serve your government, to serve your country. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, well, the writer by the Spirit of God speaks to us as it relates to being ambassador for Christ. Says now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Do you read that part? As though God were pleading through us, you know, wanting us, asking us to be His ambassadors. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. To God. The Apostle Paul wrote here to the church in Corinth. An ambassador is a legal representative of a government. He serves a particular government. He or she serves a particular government. And I want to remind you that an ambassador does not appoint himself. It's appointed by the government. So we were appointed ambassadors by our government, the government of the kingdom of God. And what an ambassador does is to serve his government and by extension, service country. So as ambassadors of Christ, our responsibility is to serve our government, the government of the kingdom of God, and to serve our country, which is heaven. God's idea was that the earth be filled with the glory of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the seas. How is it going to happen? By us the ambassadors going out and representing the kingdom, serving the interest of the kingdom of God. What a tremendous honor it is to serve the government of the kingdom of heaven. It's no greater honor. People get excited about being uh, appointed by the governments of earth. But there's no better government to serve than the government of the kingdom of heaven. So we are servants. God wants us to serve him and by extension serve the country that the government represents. Because every government represents a country, represents people. There's no government without subjects. So when you serve a government, again, by extension, you serve the people that that government represents. 
So if you are an ambassador for Jamaica to the United States, you're serving the, the government of the day, yes, but you're also serving the people of the country. So as people of God, as ambassadors, when we serve our government, the kingdom government, we're also serving the people of the kingdom. And I tell you something, we're serving the people of the earth. So responsibility, we'll get into that. Because the government of the kingdom of God represents the people of the earth. Whether you're saved or not saved, the government is really for the people of the earth. So when you serve the government of the kingdom of heaven, by extension, you're serving the people of the earth. That's your responsibility. The government of the kingdom of heaven represents the people of earth. You see, in John 3, 16, the Bible says, God so loved the, the world, the world, the world, that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son which embodies the government of the kingdom of heaven, he gave his only begotten son for the world, was serving every human being that would ever exist. Whether or not every human being appreciates that service is something else. But the kingdom of heaven is here for everyone. Whether you receive it, or not, so be it. But he so loved the world. Jesus served everyone while he was on earth. When Jesus was on the cross and died, rose again, he served the entire world. This is why everyone has an opportunity at salvation. Because the government, our government, serves the entire world, the, the, the earth. Now, as individuals, ambassadors for Christ, it is important that we put ourselves in position to serve people in our sphere of influence. And you have to ask yourself the question, how oh, can I serve my community? And again, your community is not speaking necessarily just to your neighborhood where you live, but this, the people in your sphere of influence that represents your community. So your community can be outside of the country, but how can you best serve your community? So there's certain responsibilities that I take on, not so much because they benefit me, because when I want that same service, I have to go look for somebody else. But because it puts me in a position to serve my community, you have to put yourself in a position to serve. So how can you serve your local church? It's not enough to be going to church for years and you just go and get the word and, and the worship and then you run out after and you don't serve the church. We have to develop our service account. How can you serve your local church? Now, if, if you can identify 
every note that went wrong with the praise of worship. That means you're in a position to serve on the worship team. So why are you not on that? After so many years. If you can identify what the pastors need to be preached, why are you not ministering the world? How can you serve your local church? How can you serve your generation? How can you serve your generation? Yes, you're concerned about the youth of today and what is happening and what is not happening and all of that. And you really feel like something needs to be done. How can you serve the youth? How can you serve your generation? We have to develop our service account so that we can build our capacity. How can you serve your community? You can best serve in the area of your gifting. It's not the only area, but you best serve in the area areas of your gift. So, what are you gifts? You can cook. Well, you just call up some of them people, tell them you're cooking for them today. Get them together, serve them with your gift, and you buy the food. Serve your community. And bless them in the name of Jesus. Maybe they call you next week. Are you serving this week too? Well, that's a call you have to make. But you must serve in the area of your gift. What can you do? It is important that we take time out to develop the service account. Let me say that whenever you serve, you should do it with grace. Don't just as we would say in Jamaica, slap it up because you're not charging for it, because you're just serving, you just throw it on the table. You should serve with grace, with a spirit of excellence. Serve with excellence. Do it like your life depends on it. So it is important you understand that you're sending a message. So don't do it murmuring or blowing it up in people's faces or complaining or referring back to it all the time. I serve these people, I cook for them, and they, they, they're not even grateful. No, serve with grace. Don't murmur. Don't blow it up in their faces. Do it as unto the Lord. The service account should be as unto the Lord. In fact, I want to say to you, don't even look for any thanks. If it comes, fine. But when you do it as unto the Lord, you know that God is your exceeding great reward. So even if no one said thanks, Lord, I'm going on home fulfilled because I'm developing my service account and I'm operating as an ambassador of the Lord serving the people of the country that my government appointed. What is your service account like? Just think about it in, in, in your own life. What is your service account like? What areas do you serve? Serving is not always comfortable. It will certainly take you out of your comfort zone. But remember that you do it as unto the Lord. So I was going to go 
to a particular area to serve the people, but the car is not working. Don't use that as an excuse. Find some way to get there and serve. If it's your commitment, do it as unto the Lord. The reason why some people's hearts are not open to you as yet, even though you have been praying for them for five years and 10 years, is because you need to complement the prayer with service. It is your service that is going to pop their hearts open. So thank God for the prayers. But you know, sometimes we hide behind prayers and don't go the extent that we should go. You need to complement those prayers with service or with service. So revisit those people that you've been praying for over the years and ask yourself, ask God, who can I serve them? In your own family, in your community, in the church, your children, your youngsters, how can I serve? You open up their hearts with service. I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, that everything cannot be or should not be motivated by money. Sometimes we attach monetary value to everything. If we're not getting paid, we're not going to give our best. We're not extending ourselves. You need to develop that service account because there is more value in service sometimes than the money, the actual money that you will get. So don't allow your, your, your life to, be, to revolve around money uh -oh. to revolve around money. Do the service unto the Lord. I want God work on your behalf. Serving people is one of the key ways in influencing people. If you want to influence people, serve them. So serving people is one of the key ways in influencing people. And remember now that influence is leadership. So if you serve them, you put yourself in a position to lead them. They will listen to what you have to say. And I don't want to lead anybody. But at least lead them to the Lord. Don't listen to what you have to say. Tell them about your government, the government of the kingdom of God. Tell them about Jesus. Lead them in the way of the Lord. But you will be able to best do that when you are on the inside. When you have influence in their lives. And one of the ways to develop influence is by service. People at work that you've been praying for, begin to ask yourself again, how can I serve them? You know, there were many things that came together for Joseph to become the vice president of Egypt. Second, third. Among the critical things that made it happen was Joseph serving Pharaoh. It is that I don't think that being vice president was on Joseph's mind at all when he decided to serve Pharaoh. He was thinking about it, it's a possible way of getting out, but I don't think the vice president was on his mind. He served and served with excellence. Pharaoh said, we can't find anybody else to do this work. 
you are going to have to take it on. Sir, this gift did not put monetary value to it, but the monetary value that it produced eventually was phenomenal. Don't be concerned about the other people that you know down there that when they do it, they charge. This is the only place you want to come and get it for free. If that's what God says to you to serve, go ahead and serve. It doesn't matter who else is charging. Serve and leave the rest to God. Jesus was a servant leader. He was the best example of servant. One day his disciples were waiting at the house that they were supposed to meet. The disciples got there first. There was no maid or no helper or servant to wash their feet so that they could go inside according to the tradition of the time. So they were outside. When Jesus got there and inquired why they were still outside, he said there was no, no maid. Because remember, they didn't have asphalted road like we have today. It was mud, dusty, so they, and they wore sandals. So the feet of the people, including the disciple, Jesus, would be very dusty. So the culture, the tradition of the time is that they would have the maid that would do that, take care of that part of the duty. Well, Jesus got there and inquired, and they said, no, we don't, no maid is here. And Jesus demonstrated servant leadership. He said, okay, I'll, I'll wash your feet. I'll wash your feet so that you can go in and have the meeting. They say, oh, no, Jesus. The disciples are like, you're too big for that. Oh, God, no. Jesus served them in that era. Peter said, I can't allow it. So Jesus said, if you don't allow it, then you might not have any part with it. They said, okay, go ahead. You see, sometimes service requires humility because life tends to dictate to us that we're bigger than serving people, that we're bigger than serving people. Yes. And, and so, you know, some people are, are born in into that from childhood, so it's not as difficult. But you know, growing and excelling in life and achieving things, sometimes life lies to us that we're bigger than certain things. And so it takes humility to serve, to serve in some areas. But can we humble our hearts this morning and re-examine our service account? What is it that God has been speaking to you, but you're struggling with it because it's not that you won't do it, but you, you, you're thinking you don't want anybody to see you doing that because you feel you're bigger than that. Jesus washed the disciples. You know what? Not everybody eats the same way. That takes humility. <laughs> As we examine the service account, I want to Read from St. Matthew chapter 20, from verse 20 to verse 28, and see what the Word of God says to us as it relates to serving in that area. 
Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. Now, this is interesting because, you know, the women were always working with Jesus and he had a lot of influence on them. And they had a lot of influence on them. The one woman that washed his feet with her hair and they were saying, hey, you can't do it. Like, She's like, it's a no, leave her. On the cross, said to Mary's mother, said, woman, behold, my son, they took care of Jesus. So here's one of them kneeling before Jesus. You know, sometimes people ask favor of you, and if you're not careful, you because of how they come across, you want to grant them what they're requesting instead of carefully examining, examining it so that they can um, really get the best result at the end of the day. So this woman came kneeling before Jesus, and I guess she had the right words. Jesus said, what is your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, will you let my two sons sit in places of one next to you? One at your right and the other at your left? And Jesus told them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink? from the bitter cup of sorrow I am about to drink? He said, oh yes. They replied, we're able. It's like just being in the spirit and singing, I'll go where you want me to go. All to Jesus. And the next moment, he said, I'm sending you to this place. So God, I didn't mean that place. So they're saying, hey, we're ready. You will indeed drink from it, he told them. But I have no right to say who will sit on the throne next to mine. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. And sometimes these are the answers we need to give people in different areas. Just tell them, look, I don't know. That's, in, that's God's priority. I, I don't know. So why did God not do this? I don't know. Ask God. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. And can you imagine if Jesus had just granted the request? <laughs> These ten disciples now would be, oh, so what throne are we going to say? That? But Jesus called them together and said, you know that in this world, kings are tyrants and officials lorded over people beneath them. So that's how people be. But among you, it should be quite different. Watch this. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. It's a prerequisite here for leadership. Service. So if you want to be a leader, you have to be a servant. No, I, I don't want to go through that. I just want to be in charge. Well, I'm afraid of you. Whoever wants to be a leader must be 
Sometimes you need to ask for the church key or the uh, wherever you're serving, the community center key. Just go there and work. Do your portion. You go to church every day and you see things that need to be sorted out. Talk to the relevant people and say, how can I? I'm not talking about Sunday morning when we come. I want to come here Friday night or, or, or Monday night. The service account. Or maybe it is that you want to meet with an individual to help them to sort out certain things. The service account is absolutely critical in developing capacity. And whoever wants to be first must become your slave. That word slave means servant. For even I, the son of man. No, look at this. For even I, Jesus said, even I, Jesus, the son of man, came here not to be served, but to serve others. That's the master servant did. So I didn't come here for you to serve me. That's not my, my goal. Not that in the process, people won't serve me. But my objective is to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for men. To serve the world with my life. He died for us. Service. So if that is the heart, the spirit that is in Jesus Christ, the servant leader, and you are of Christ, it follows that that spirit should be in you also. How can you better serve those around you with, without any ulterior motive? So if you, as a young man or a gentleman, see the need to go to someone's house, whether you older lady or a young lady, and you cut the grass in the yard, you don't have to get a kiss for you. Just serve and go about your business. No ulterior motive. Serve as unto the Lord. Again, what is your service account looking like today? I believe that as we continue to serve, as we grow in the area of service, that you will open more doors and you ever dream than your money could open for you, than what you would earn if you were using that time to work. Because listen, God is no man's debtor. Here's one of the interesting thing: the, the world, to a certain degree, understands this concept. So they have different professional groups and different ways in which they serve the community. Get involved in one of those groups, sir, so that you can allow God to work in your life the way that He so desires. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at FCF Montego Bay.